little companies like Amazon who are training us all that I can order at 9 p.m. on a, a Saturday and 9 a.m. on the Sunday is at my door and it's free. And then if I need to return it, there's a multitude of different ways I can return it. You've got to keep up with that, right? And I think the the ability and willingness of companies to be able to very quickly adapt to a changing environment, changing what their competitors are doing, that's really what, what I see as being what it means for an organization. I'm Steven Spears, and this is The Future. The Future. The Future of Customer Engagement and Experience Podcast. Welcome to the FCEE Podcast, the show that brings you what you need to know about customer experience trends and topics. We're presented by thefutureofcommerce.com. As always, be sure to check out the show notes after you get done with the episode where you can find the article of the week handpicked from our site. This episode is a deeper dive into the topic of agility and web accessibility. I did not mean for those to rhyme, but it it sounded good, Uh, which we introduced in the 2021 Trends episode previously released. If you haven't given that a listen yet, be sure to add that to your queue after you get done with this episode. I don't think I'm telling you anything new when I say consumers are rapidly changing and keeping up with them is becoming more and more difficult. Not only are your traditional customers changing, entirely new demographics are adopting digital channels out of necessity. This has brought forward the idea of being agile with your customer experience. My guest today, Branwell Moffitt, a return guest, proposes that agility is as much a mindset as it is a functionality, and why we should be looking at things like web accessibility as a differentiator for new demographics in 2021. We had a great conversation on this, so I hope you find it as insightful and as enjoyable as I did. We needed to get your knowledge for a new year, and I'm sure you're a new person now after, what, six months since we last talked? <laughs> it is at least, yes, and obviously quite a lot's happened in that, um, in that last six months. A lot's happened in the last sort of nine months already for all of us. Yeah, and, and I, I got to say, just looking at you, you look better. I don't know why I would say, I don't know what the difference is, but you almost look like you've gotten younger in that time. Oh, that's very kind of you to say so. <laughs> I, I don't feel much younger, I have to say. I think my eyes are suffering a bit from um, staring at a screen yeah. sort of far too much. Um, but no, it's very kind of you to say so. Absolutely. I just, I have to point it out how I see it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so really we wanted to touch on, you know, 2021 trends. And one of the things that, that you guys have written about at KPS And I thought really jumped out at me as something that's been a topic that we've discussed, but is not going to go away. And that's really agility when it comes to your commerce business. So if we could just kind of, I guess, start back, why is it so important to be agile right now, would you say? Yeah, no, uh, I think it's, we've, COVID-19, obviously, um, before COVID-19, this was important, I think, but COVID-19 has obviously changed everything. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's disrupted commerce, not just retail, business, business to business, um, almost every aspect of our lives. And I think um, I actually look at these things as a bit like the kind of evolution or the natural um, theory of natural selection. You know, sort of survival of the fittest is kind of the, the theme people think about. But what it really means is the in that theory, the 
organisms that can adapt to change quickly are the ones that survive and thrive. The ones that can't adapt don't. And that's sort of especially important at times of change. So even before the pandemic, the world of commerce was changing quite rapidly and digital was kind of accelerating that change. But then obviously, you know, when, when beginning of last year, March, especially for us, and probably I think it's the same in the UK, mm-hmm. it came, hit us very hard and, and it changed everything. So I think for me, agility is so important for any e-commerce or any business, but obviously, especially e-commerce mm-hmm. is, is so important when you've got such a rapidly changing environment. And, and what's happened over the last nine months is that change has just accelerated beyond anybody's expectations. So, and I think if you, if you look around at um, organizations that um, have, have really done okay, or they've maybe adapted and survived some have really thrived some have been in the right place at the right time if you were a a toilet roll manufacturer you know i don't know if in the us you had this crazy shortage and uh, we did yeah so some some have obviously been in the right place but i think others have clearly shown the ability to adapt very quickly to a rapidly changing environment has enabled them to um deal with a lot of the problems that they've had and some of them even thrive. So I think, you know, for me, agility in e-commerce as well as agility in business is really the ability to rapidly adapt to the change of the environment, the change of your industry, the change of customer expectations for their experience. Is that something that in e-commerce changes so quickly? And if you can't keep up with that and you can't adapt, um, you, you end up going backwards. So when we talk about that agility and ability to change, if we kind of narrow it down again, what does that mean for a like a digital commerce business? Like what pieces of that, of the business, is yeah. what needs to be agile? So I think agile is a term which kind of gets a bit confused, right? People naturally, and it's certainly my industry, people think of uh, uh, project management methodologies like Scrum and delivery methodologies. And and to a certain extent, that's part of it. But for me, agility at a kind of higher level is something, it's it's almost cultural from a business's point of view, and it has to come from the top. Mm-hmm. It's really the willingness and ability to adapt fast. And that might be meaning try things, fail you know, failure is 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 part of innovation. It's part of trying things. If you if you don't, if you're too scared to fail, you're not going to be very agile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the kind of done is better than perfect approach, which is a kind of famous Facebook approach. I think really it is about um, it, yeah, it, it's it's a cultural willingness to try and move quickly. And you know, you get big organisations that tend to have very long processes to sign things off to you know build a business case and and to do a year long project i think in e-commerce uh, and and in any type of business really it is the um the cultural willingness to try and make change very fast and so and, you know it's important because if you look at in the e-commerce world uh, i like to use the example of next day delivery so um in the UK, it's probably geographically different in different countries, but certainly in the UK, relatively small geography. Mm-hmm. About five to seven years ago, next day delivery was something that's quite special. You know, there was a couple of companies that did next day delivery as their big thing. And it was like, wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. And it was a differentiator. 
now, if you don't have next day delivery, people are thinking, why, you know, why do you not have it? I think you've got companies like Amazon who are training us all that I can order at 9 p.m. on a, a Saturday and 9 a.m. on the Sunday is at my door and it's free. Mm-hmm. And then if I need to return it, there's a multitude of different ways I can return it. So I think to be to keep you've got to keep up with that right and i think the the ability and willingness of companies to be able to very quickly adapt to a changing environment to changing what their competitors are doing that's really what what i see as being um what it means for an organization so like i said it's more about a a culture um and willingness rather than a particular methodology or a particular technology or anything like that. So, you know, we talk about delivery methods and things like that as being really something that's had to change quickly. Hmm. Um, are there any other aspects that that agility has has benefited companies? Uh, because I know, like you said, that's the immediate tangible of now I can get products in a day rather than a couple days. Uh, but are you seeing any other factors that have really stood out um, I think certainly over the last nine months, we've seen uh, a few companies that have been massively impacted in one way or another by by what we what's, what we've all been through. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's there's the standard stuff where, like you said, delivery methods, payment methods, all the kind of things that we're now wanting and expecting. You know, payment methods like Apple Pay is just sort of rolling out everywhere now, just the convenience. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, we 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 had an example in the UK of a, a company which um, had such a fundamental change and funded, they were so fundamentally impacted by the pandemic and the lockdown, but also so fundamentally changed and in such an agile way that, that kind of really threw us and, and amazed us. So there's um, a, a company, um, I think you know of these guys, so uh, UK's largest food distributor, Breaks. Um, anecdotally, I've heard that 25% of every meal you eat outside of the home is delivered, supplied by Breaks. So they, they wow. bars, restaurants, hotels, hospitality venues, schools, everyone, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when lockdown hit in March and the vast majority of their customers were shut down, really closed. That was a, a very big deal for them. And it also coincided with, um, in the UK at least, um, online deliveries, online grocery deliveries, impossible to get a slot because the, the, all the grocers just didn't have the scale to be able to fulfill all the demand. Mm-hmm. Um, supermarket shelves were empty, certainly for a lot of the sort of the goods like pasta, flour, eggs, these kind of things. Um, and so Breaks, a uh, big company, 4 billion plus turnover, 58 years old, 52 years old. So, you know, a big old company that you would imagine would take a very long time um, to, to do anything big. They um, looked at the opportunity and looked at the challenges and thought, we've got a ready-made supply chain. We've got a big delivery network that currently is only delivering to businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of food. Um, we've got a whole network. How can we change rapidly to actually fulfill this new big demand that's out there? Um, now, normally you'd expect that would be a year in, in the planning and then another year in the execution. So we, um, 
KPS, we're the SI, we're the developers of their SAP commerce B2B platform. Mm-hmm. So they came to us and said, can you please build a B2C e-commerce platform on SAP commerce? Um, and could you do it in a week, please? <laughs> and obviously, you know, once we got off the floor, that kind yeah, of stopped your saying, yeah, <laughs> what, a week? You know, that, that would be a minimum of six months, really, normally. Mm-hmm. But it was strange time. So we, um, you know, we threw the rule book out, got together and said, what is the, how can we do this in that Facebook? Done is better than perfect. Let's just get it done. And we actually did it from end to end of the start of that development project through to go live was one week. Wow. Um, which was, you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm fairly confident that's a world record in um, <laughs> with a big enterprise platform like SOP Commerce. But what what impressed me is not actually the technical thing that was done. You know, it was pretty cool. But actually, it was the fact that a multi-billion pound business um, that's big, you would imagine, it's in an industry of food distribution that you would imagine is quite kind of slow and a bit of a juggernaut. They totally turned their business around very, very quickly, started delivering to new markets, delivering to customers. So we had brakes lorries turning up at people's houses, delivering food. They also worked with the government on delivering food parcels to vulnerable people who were shielding. They've now started delivering um, COVID-19 tests into schools for the government. And what we've seen, and and I think this is a, a perfect example of agility and surprising surprisingly so for such a large established company is they they did throw the rule book out in a time of such fundamental change and challenge in them in their disrupted market but also seeing this great opportunity to to help fulfill um this this other market with uh, sort of online groceries and just retail they um yeah that they, they turned it around and it was is amazing to see that level of agility and if they can do it if such a large, old, established company can do it, I think it shows that anybody can. Yeah, and, and it's weird how them being willing to do it also translated into to you guys doing it because you know they decided at the top level we're going to change. They went from that's not what we do to we can do that, and then they approached you and you were like a week. That's not what we do, uh, <laughs> and then it's like, well, we can do that. So it, it kind of has mm-hmm. that chain reaction effect. Absolutely does. Absolutely. You know, it, it came down to it. And, and when, you know, we, we, we had a lot of customers hit in very different ways. You know, we had some customers who are in, say, pharmaceutical or life sciences industries who, you know, actually uh, suddenly got very, very busy. We had other retail customers who clearly were very hit. So mm-hmm. as a business, we got together or the leadership of the business. And, you know, our, our number one priority was our staff. How are we going to support our staff, make sure everybody's safe? And, you know, we worked very hard to to do that Mm -hmm. but then we thought look our customers are are so struggling you know we've got a lot of customers have been so severely hit how what can we do to help and i think one thing that we've now learned we we ran a roundtable event in about august with a number of different customers ranging from the premier league football club through to a building distributor through to a, a beauty retailer so we had a big range of customers but the and various questions we asked, but one of them was, you know, what's changed for you? Um, how, how has this changed the way you perceive what you want? And the overwhelming thing was, we want more for less. We need more for less. 
Mm-hmm. And that really struck home with us because, you know, as an organization, that's worked, we're used to doing projects, big projects, and might be a year, two years, big enterprise deliveries. The message they were really talking about was agility. They need to get things live quick. They can't wait a year. They can't wait two years. Um, these big juggernaut projects, they need agility. They need to get something live quick, get it out there. And, and that's really struck home to us. So as, an, as our organization, we're now really thinking about how we can try to do that, try to deliver more for less. Yeah. You haven't gone down the path of changing your motto to KPS. We'll do it in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... um. Yeah, not not yet, not yet. But we are we we we're kind of genuinely looking at how we can go faster. And uh, there's um you know the the ERP side of our business has really gone down that road in terms of standardization. Mm-hmm. Um and and they've they've got the version five of this rapid transformation um, program, which is exactly designed to say an ERP project does not need to be two years. We can actually get you your first version of this out in within a matter of months mm. if you go down very standardized processes. Now, that's easier in a kind of ERP environment where it is very process-driven, slightly harder in a sort of CX environment. But we're still looking at where we can bring elements of that in to try and do exactly as you know, our customers need, which is they need agility, they need things quick. Um, and yeah, that's that's what we're trying yeah, you set the new expectation, so you. Got it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. We're training our customers that you can do it in a week. That's exactly. Maybe <laughs> well, I think that segues nicely into you know with talking about agility, and then we talked about next day delivery. One of the other factors, and and you wrote an interesting post on the site about this, was something that's changing, and that's web accessibility. Um, that was a concept that I don't think about much. Uh, what brought that topic to mind for you? Yeah, it's it's some. Uh, I was trying to think back actually to to why what really struck home to me, and I think it was a conversation with my mother-in-law. Um, mm-hmm. So my mother-in-law, um, I'll say it quietly, in her eighties, probably shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I don't think she'll hear this, so it's probably okay. Um, never ever would have dreamed of buying groceries online. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was very alien to her. It's a bit scary, and um, but. In lockdown, she couldn't go out to the supermarket. You know, she's sort of, um, she's getting a vaccine tomorrow. It's very exciting. But oh, obviously, nice. um, yeah, before that, you know, she couldn't really go to the supermarket. So she was really forced to start shopping online. Mm-hmm. And it was quite challenging for her. So what you what you tend to find in, in grocery websites is that it's all about improving those KPIs. It's about higher average basket value it's, it's trying to just sell more so they trade as much as they can on this site and it can be quite daunting there's so many products in front of you as you're trying to check out they're trying to give you more offers trying to sell more and more mm-hmm. and um she was finding it very hard and you know constantly on the phone saying i'm stuck i'm stuck um it's kind of getting there now and actually when when the driver arrived with all her groceries like this is amazing but it really made me think that you've got a whole group of customers now who previously would just not have shopped online in that way. They might have very occasionally done something, mm-hmm. but traditionally they would have just gone into store. But now through necessity, they've started shopping online for things like groceries. And actually they've realized this is amazing. I don't have to go into the supermarket. It just arrives that there, there's this new market. 
But the, the problem that we have is that accessibility has generally always been more about compliance. It's we've got to hit the sort of double A standard because otherwise someone's going to sort of sue us or things like this. It's very much like, to an extent, GDPR rules where mm -hmm. people are worried about getting fined. Um, but accessibility previously hasn't been something that would impact KPIs. It's not something that an organization will say, you know, they'll, they'll care about compared to conversion rates and things. Mm -hmm. But actually, for me now, it is because of this new market that's suddenly come about, I think it's more than, it, it's more than just compliance now. It's actually something that genuinely could impact KPIs. So um, normally when we're going through a process of building a, a new e-commerce platform, we'll go through a UX process and we'll talk about personas. You know, you'll design these personas and understand how those um, interact with, with you as a uh, user company. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty rare that you'll have a persona that's an 80-year-old. You know, that's not the kind of persona people are really going to worry that much about uh -huh. because they generally aren't going to transact online. But it suddenly struck me that actually that's a real persona now. But that persona trying to navigate a very complicated, busy website is pretty hard. And um, in the article, I sort of pointed at this picture of this telephone. You buy these telephones you get mobile phones sometimes they've just got giant big buttons uh -huh. yeah you know, that's all they do it's about you don't want to play games you don't anything you just want to make a phone call and it struck me that is there a web an e-commerce version of this that actually is there value in, in businesses thinking about a the, the big button version of a website where literally it's simple as anything you're not bombarding them with information um and, and users can choose to have that experience. So I think the, the reason why I really sort of wrote that article and thought about it was the, the change in that new persona. And I, I just previously, they've been totally ignored in e-commerce. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, I think it's something which businesses will benefit from, not just from a compliance point of view, but actually you know, it could genuinely impact their KPIs positively. Yeah. The example and that's all of, about change. Yeah. Yeah. And in the example of the phone is what drove it home for me too. When, when I, I came down and saw that picture, I was like, yes. Now, do you have one of those at home that, that brought that to you that you were like, okay, I order pizza from this. Uh, so why isn't there <laughs> some way to order online with this? You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't have one of those. Um, I don't know where I what what why that sprung to mind, but I think it was just all about the simple single focus, you know, a tool like that because you know there's mobile phone versions of it that um, you know people who and it, and it's not just you know it's not just elderly people. It's people who are sort of you know not necessarily able bodied or there's problems with their sight and things like this. And previously, I think they've generally been quite ignored. Because the reality is companies aren't making money out of these people because they're not shopping online. But yeah. the pandemic has forced a very large part of the population who wouldn't normally buy online. It's forced them to start doing so. Mm. And that's not going to be going away. Even once the pandemic's gone, you've got a whole group of people who now are actually used to using the internet. So, yeah, I think it's something which should be taken more seriously now because accessibility will then feed into um, the, the KPIs, the, the actual numbers that everyone, that businesses will normally be focusing on. 
Yeah. My I, my grandma's a perfect example. Every time I talk to her, she tells me about, she's I think 89 now. Mm-hmm. And she tells me about the three week process it took to set up her online payments for medicine. Right. Uh, and I was like three weeks. She's like, yeah, I'm telling you, I had to swap mm-hmm. three medicines over. And wow. I was like, that that just blew my mind that and it's just because she had never had to do that before she just drove down and did it in person yeah. uh, so when i read that i was like this this is spot on because she is not going anywhere so only mm-hmm. as she you know learns more of these steps it becomes apparent for her so yeah yeah and i, and I think that's right it's exactly the same with my mother-in-law um you know it's it's a, it's a fundamental change and, and you know e- e- even when this is all over you know whenever that might be I think she's not going to go back because of the convenience, but I think it is a struggle. And like I said, the amount of phone calls we've had where she's, you know, <laughs> stuck, I don't know what that really means, but um, you know, and it, the advice is turn it off and on again and, yeah. and see if that fixes it. Um, but I think, you know, if, if there could be real commercial value in organizations starting to take this huge group of, of customers very seriously Um that that wouldn't have normally used it. Yeah. So, so I, I found that quite interesting and I think um, it'd be very interesting to see how that starts to filter through um, into to businesses. Cause I, I still doubt it's something that is taken as seriously as maybe it should be. Yeah. I'm already picturing cause we we've started talking about commerce everywhere. Now the next evolution now is commerce for everyone. Uh, yeah. That, I can see the report right now. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It is. It is now for everybody because everybody is 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 has been forced to do this, um, and so yeah. I, I mean, I've I haven't really delved into the numbers, so I don't really know you know what kind of percentage of the population, but I certainly, I'm, I'm fairly sure it's a fairly significant proportion um, that um, you know really it, it would be of real benefit to them. But also, you know, it would be very beneficial and financially and you know, always comes back to KPIs. I think an e-commerce business should look at this as more just not just compliance so they don't get in trouble. It should be something that actually could give them a real positive impact. Yeah, I think a lot of industries are dealing with that, too. So, yeah, I think they are. I think um it, it all, you know, all pivots back to what we first started talking about is, is change, change and agility. And, you know, we have had the biggest change to our lives uh, since, you know, World War II or whatever that might be. It's, it's certainly the biggest change in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And change requires, well, when you have that kind of disruption, it requires companies to be agile, to adapt, you know, all the way back to the survival of the fittest uh, analogy really it's it's all about adapting to rapid change and, and this is one of the most rapid changes we've seen in, in many decades thanks again to brainwell for joining us for this episode if you want to learn more follow the link in the show notes to connect with brainwell and learn more about the work kps digital is doing you'll also find there in the show notes our article of the week on the future of commerce site As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us that rating and review so we can continue to improve the show for you. I'm Steven Spears, and this is the Future of Customer Engagement and Experience Podcast. See you next time.